You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact and transact. Patrick. Joe. Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm really, really well. How are you? Tip of the morn. Tip of the morn. No, I'm I'm doing well. I'm up. You're up. I'm up. I'm standing on two legs. That's always an I've important part. You got a cup of joe. You got a cup of joe in your hands, <laughs> a mug of love. So, uh, for those of you listening, sometimes if I can, when we're recording early, there's a beautiful little coffee shop down our way that opens. Um, yeah, surprisingly early. Very early. Uh, very very early. But uh, yeah, really grateful for that. So sometimes if um, yeah, if Pat's being nice to me, I'll uh, I'll stop and get him get him a mug of love on my way over. So. So today's a good day. Thanks today's a good day. It's already off to a off to a flyer. It is. So I appreciate that. No and Hopefully the conversation does as well. But here we are. Here we are. Um, off the back of last week, we feel like we're going to catapult into what did what happens when you get through Mark, and mm. when you start sort of realizing where you really are. And then when you want to look forward to something from that spot, from that place where your gumboots aren't moving very well, what what can you forecast? What can you start looking forward to? And where does it often go when you feel... Because last week, for people who are just jumping in now, we were chatting a lot about disasters, whether it's a war or whether it's a natural disaster, and how that can galvanize a community, but also how it how it can destroy communities mm. and where that leaves you. And we left last week in Mark. We did, yeah, physically as well as metaphorically in, in some respects. Yeah, mm. exactly. So, and then the question <clears throat> is then, where does it leave you and where can you go from there? Is there hope within there? And what role does hope play in these ways without it sounding sort of very superficial? You can be hopeful for a better world. We'll be mm. confronted last week with the onslaught of disaster by disaster by disaster getting through action into a climate environment that's changing. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think humans, we're... We have an optimism bias. I think that's 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 one thing. So when you when you look at even now, kind of a you know like ten days on from the actual kind of um, flood events in in New South Wales, is that yes, it's really really difficult. But there's also there's there's hope in inside those communities, and it's really through the actions that they've taken they've taken themselves. And I think a lot of um, staying stuck is about lack of momentum, right? And I think what we were touching on last time is kind of where where people get left often is that there's no, there's no kind of perceived way through it and it almost seems insurmountable. And I think we've all been there, you know, where whether you're working on a project, whether you're kind of doing something around the house or whether you're kind of trying to tackle a university degree or, you know, trying to change change the world. I think one of the key things to me about hope is having a big picture in terms of this is where I want to head, but keeping your frame on that really, really small. And what I've noticed in the language, at least coming out of places like Lismore, is that people are starting to take those small steps. And in those small steps, I think they feel a sense of momentum and through connection to one another, they start to feel hopeful that there's actually a way to um, not necessarily rebuild what was there, but to actually find a new way of, of existing. For sure. I was reading something 
hate to take this to sport after off the back of that, but I was reading something about hope and where hope plays because I feel it sometimes hope sounds <laughs> off the back of these disasters. A bit Star Wars y. Yeah, it's, yeah, it just sounds a bit, oh, yeah, cool, let's be hopeful. But it, there is a strategy piece to hope in terms of actually, if you don't sort of dream futures that you want to live, they're never going to come into existence. Correct. And yeah. sort of in a narrative structure, if you don't have that hope personally, organizationally it's never going to drive you to that future that you want so you've got to be hopeful and project and forecast a hopeful future to be able to get there but then work backwards to how do you get there but then be unrealistic around if things change to not let that lose momentum i think that's such a strong point you said with that Mm -hmm. muck and i can definitely relate to that around losing momentum i think is such a big thing but sometimes that Loss of momentum is an opportunity to really re-forecast, forecast big or forecast more truthfully to where you want to go and look around and see what opportunities there are for you um, to live that life, I suppose, or or to do that thing as an organization. Um, Yep. Yeah, and I mean, just just building building that out. I think you know the the narrative of hope is is really interesting, Pat, and like your point there on that. Oftentimes, people. Um, so momentum is really, really important. I, I, I would always argue in terms of working towards something. But the first step in doing that is actually kind of the reassessment of where do you actually actually want to be. And even in that, there, I think there's kind of people can reestablish their own narrative around where they actually want want to head. But if you look kind of, you know, like, f- for example, in politics, which, you know, most um, election campaigns speak to hope at, at some at some level in terms of um you know of varying degrees there's a way to paint a picture of a future that is going to be created through collective action and i think communities also then at a smaller scale have to continually do that i think it's you know often what where hope comes from is kind of the social contract that actually exists between between people right mm-hmm. so even if you're not feeling particularly hopeful if you're in a community that has kind of a quite clear set of this is how we Act, this is what we're trying to do and this is how we're going to get through this or there might be certain characters in that community that kind of really step up and lead in in that moment and i think it's you know <clears throat> true and real leadership is in those moments it's about actually it's it's not about kind of giving clarity often it's actually about little steps that actually establish hope right so however you view that i think it's you know like you see that time and time again around you know people call it resilience but really what it is is kind of authentic authentic you know authentic leadership which is that the person sacrifices a bit of themselves to actually get other people kind of moving along and they find a way to connect back to back to people and that might be as simple as you know throwing up a three meter by three meter kind of, um, you know, canopy and sitting underneath it and saying, you know, just like what's happened in places like Lismore, which I think is really, you know, indicative of kind of, you know, real leadership, which is someone decided, okay, well, what can I do? Right. So they literally they just sat down and started directing traffic right now in directing traffic around where to look, how to go. They've created an entire enterprise that I'm sure they had no idea that they were actually setting out, setting out to do. But what they saw was that kind of people were stuck because they didn't know the next step. So they went, okay, well, I'm going to step in and actually help them discover that. And I think that's really what's beautiful about community is that there are people always inside a community, no matter what happens, who will step in and do that. Mm. And it's, 
I think community is interesting because if it's a static community, it tends to be the same people versus if it's actually a kind of a genuine kind of connected community, those voices differ. And I think that's kind of, you know, interesting to unpack a bit. And I'm not sure in your experience around kind of communities, whether you see that, like sometimes it gets a little bit kind of authoritative in terms of that there's community entities that can step in and do that. But there's also this other way, which is kind of really community led. And that's different characters kind of stepping in at different points in time. For sure. And I think even in the static communities, there are those community led characters who really actually carry the spirit of that organization. Mm. Or, But yeah, when it's fully community led, there's something so beautiful there. Um, and there is always people stepping in and finding that. And I it, it, it is a complete different sort of flow structure to that community and often adversity is sort of really lets the cream rise in those scenarios and lets people really shine and have their have their moment and lets those those pure actions really really speak a thousand words like that person directing traffic and what that what that really means and to people a simple action is so powerful there in Lismore at the moment Mm. whereas something like that where we're living right now doesn't really it doesn't have the same resonance do you know what I mean I do I do yeah Yeah, so it's a when those moments happen is I think people are very vulnerable but are very open and understanding and very thankful of other people taking time to to really help others whereas I think in in a community where everyone's quite like their pockets are full of cash or you know everyone's feeling pretty comfortable Hmm. they might feel like it's a Christian brotherhood or a Christian sisterhood coming around (laughs) and trying to put the word of Christ on them sort of thing do you know what I mean like there's that reserve which is sad yeah, it is. It is. I didn't yeah. mean to take it that way. No, no, no. I know what you. I know where you're trying to get to, though. I yeah. know where you're trying to get to, which is, I think the the thing that happens in those communities is that they they tend to kind of be a bit more. What I would say is kind of you know you're saying reserved. I would say a bit more gated or just disconnected in mm. that the kind of the simple fact of kind of interaction tends not to happen yeah. um, around all of that sort of stuff. And it's just, it's simple things like kind of, you know, there's always in everything, there's people who volunteer their time to kind of actually help run the sports team, mm-hmm. or there's people who volunteer to kind of work across the, you know, the in, inverted in air quotes, like the this emergency services in a, in a community. It tends to be a bit more rural than it is necessarily kind of urban. But I think the thing that happens regardless and I mean you see this time and time again through your through your work is that there is always people who actually hold the fabric of that place always. together yeah and it kind of doesn't it doesn't matter but those people tend to you know at sometimes I think what's what what I kind of think is one of the most hopeful things you can ever see is when you see those types of people who broadly everyone knows in a community and kind of be like, well, you know, every, of course everyone knows Pat, right, in terms of in, in the community. But it's when those people kind of have stuff happen to them and then what the rest of the community does in response, I always kind of, you know, find incredibly uplifting in terms of, you know, just the just the sheer kind of, you know, they've been so altruistic through their lives, never asked for anything. But then when kind of, you know, the stuff happens to them, it's like the community cannot not do enough to support them and I think it's you know coming back to what I said before like and what you're pointing to is that it's it's a social contract Mm. and there's a difference in um more reserved communities than there is in kind of more connected communities I think the social contract is more on show less hidden 
You're listening to BAU, Business as Unusual, the podcast that is shifting the way we think, interact, and transact. Your hosts, Patrick Beggs of Per Production, a production house that works with organisations to create media that strengthens culture and communicates that culture to the world. And Joe Rogers, CEO of The Contenders, a brand agency famous for crafting brands which deliver results for those who work for them, shop for them, and support them. For more information, head to baupod.co. And if you find this podcast insightful, please help us by telling a friend and rating us on iTunes. Thank you. Now back to our conversations. Yeah, that's well said. Um, in terms of that on show, not on show, and then also that community leader really having things come back tenfold, especially in a healthy community where people really respect and hmm. appreciate the efforts of that quasi-community leader just by their actions and what they do. Um, but yeah, community's always so... That's what I really like about community. In, uh, in an area, there's so many differences to it, but that's what sort of... I think when you are in Mark, people let those differences fall to the market and, and move around and, and it really lets the top actions speak a lot louder. I think that's really what I was trying to say before. Yeah. Um, but I was reading an article yesterday around hope and yep. <laughs> pulling it back yep. and it was just around using it as a, a, <laughs> a strategy. It was the, an article that I read, I'll drop in the show notes if anyone wants to read it, but it was one of the examples was a... An athletic coach uses it to help athletes um, project into a hopeful future, becoming gold medalists, blah, blah, blah. But they have like a top, want to be gold medalist four years from here, and then at the bottom where they are now, and then they work backwards from the channels. And then that was just like such a simple actionary thing governed by a hopeful result. Yep. And such a simple strategy, but that was sort of building a, an actionable story to where they want to go from now, four years ahead. Yeah, and that that's the that's the power of narrative, right? So yeah. even even self narrative, you know, most um, you know whether they're they've succeeded in the Olympics or they've succeeded in other aspects of life, however that manifests for them, it's really it's about the story that they actually create for themselves in terms of and stories are they're kind of you know they're a road and they're kind of a picture of where you want to get to but then the path to there is often kind of winding but i think by being able to kind of see the connection um to how does this good or bad influence that i would argue is the is the central tenet of what hope or optimism however you want to frame it and being connected to a brighter future actually is about so and you can take that in any way you can take that through you know like climate Mm -hmm. so you know we you know we're we want to get to a certain spot where kind of we're we're carbon neutral now you can argue that like whoa like if you look at that kind of at a at a meta picture you just you just wouldn't get out of bed right you just wait you just wait for the rain to come but if you if you kind of look at it and go okay well one get there what are the pathways i can take towards that and others actually start to take it it's kind of it's collective action and i think you know that's i guess maybe a better way of saying it than momentum is that there's a sense at least it's a society or a community level those little things all add up to all of a sudden you get to these kind of points of realization where you're like oh holy cow right we've actually actually here but i think there's a sense um 
you know, and it, it often goes unspoken in communities about where we're trying to get to, mm. right? And like you see this in like school communities, for example, right? So you, everyone there broadly wants their kids to be educated, educated well, become good people and have the basis of set up for what they want to do in their lives. But that's not what you speak about, mm. right? It's kind of, that's, that's almost implicit. And it's where you hold. Yeah, it's kind of everyone holds that together, but then everyone in their own little way is helping to make steps towards that. And then you kind of have these moments where, you know, it could be the kids are at a competition or it could be that, they stand up in front of the school community and start to talk about their learning experience. And then you, you kind of have like, wow, like this is, everyone's pushed this to a point where it actually becomes becomes real. And I think that's kind of the sense of, you know, what hope is, is that you're hoping for that type of outcome, but it's it's implicit. And I often, you know, I think those are the best things in in life. And it's kind of, it is the basis of, optimism Mm. is that it's these little things will create this but if you don't have that bigger picture in mind it's very difficult to stay optimistic it is and i think that you said it earlier in the piece is that hope is not only optimistic but builds resilience you know and that winding path speaks to that and i think Mm. at an individual level it's really important but at the moment at an organizational level especially as people are so isolated still in their work environment still living through a screen without sort of that Hmm. without it being too too disneyland it has to have a story of hope for an organization especially Hmm. certain organizations that are value-based otherwise retention of people um in terms Hmm. of workers and then also just a sense of cohesion in terms of pushing for something but then for people to feel something bigger than they are like i think that Hmm. is a I don't know, from my experience of interacting with the world, that is just across the board at the moment. Yeah. Everyone feels like 2021 was tough, but yeah. geez, what is 2022 really? You know, you, yeah. you skim the news and you're like, whoa. Yeah, the 20s aren't I'll exactly... Take, I'll take 2021 <laughs> yeah. nearly. Yeah, you where's know? the Great Gatsby when you need it, eh? Or what happened to the Roaring Twenties? It's more like we're getting just pounded. <laughs> yeah, so if we take it to the surf, but I think that yeah. is a... As all leaders, whether it's in the community, whether it's organizations, mm-hmm. like people really need to be careful how they hold that narrative. It can't be all stardust. No. It has to have grit, but it has to contain and carry hope somewhere in there. And for an organization to understand what that hope is for their employees and then also for their staff, their community, and then also for the people who exist within it and the housed and served, I think... Mm-hmm. Is a powerful place for value add for orgs to be able to push forward, but yeah, yeah. have to be careful with how that feels. It has to be a genuine yeah, push. But definitely. there's moments like we're sitting in a real T intersection, whether we're going to act on climate, whether we're going to actually push for policy, whether hmm. whether we're going to agitate a little bit, and that's yeah. that's always the friction point at organisational level. Like, where hmm. are you sitting on that spectrum? Yeah, of agitator. Yeah. But I think people are, you know, I guess just building building that out and then kind of, you know, posing the question back is that I would argue people are taking action, right? So, like, I think there's a lot of stuff that goes goes on against kind of, you know, people broadly know this is, this is a problem. But mm. then kind of it's, you know, what we spoke about last week is that, like, people's context is only based on their own experience Mm. broadly so kind of when things like this happen like they you know like whether it's huge weather events whatever that is is that they actually really kind of you know people actually sit back and they're like yeah 
you know what, that's actually kind of, you know, something we're really going to have to pay attention to, to now. But in, in saying that, I think the thing that you're, you're kind of touching on there is that really the leadership in that is to kind of, is to talk to it, mm. but then say, well, what can we, what can we do? Exactly. Right? And that's, I think is in a lot of life and pattern. I just want to get your, <clears throat> your view on this is that there's kind of two choices there, right? Is that you could blame right you can kind of blame or you can kind of talk to hope and this is what we can do you know and kind of you know i mean what do you think the role you know is kind of is played out often i mean the the blame thing kind of feels a bit you know like that's what happens sometimes is like we try to find the scapegoat or there's another way to kind of do it like using your kind of disney disney narrative i mean what do you think appeals more to people like finding a scapegoat or kind of actually painting a a picture of of hope and optimism well at the moment just because it feels like we're so in the middle of it Mm. chancy question i think it's organization by organization i don't like the scapegoat approach because i think it just lands you exactly in the same place and i think Mm. people realize that later on and you end up getting you just get a turnover on that people will realize that's what's happening and it'll probably feed into your actual work culture and there'll be a scapegoat within your team that scapegoat will disappear you'll have to find another scapegoat like and it'll just keep going and that's just that organizational culture and unless leadership changes that and goes because that's sort of just a mirror of a bigger picture what's going on on a smaller level yep but I think the key is I think some organizations aren't even speaking to it because it's so overwhelming at the moment. No one really knows. And that's once again, the same thing that happened in like with the pandemic. No one has the answers, which is fine. Hmm. But for leadership to not have the answers sometimes is very daunting depending on the style. But I think that acknowledgement that we don't have the answers necessarily. It is pretty crooked time and mm. confronting yep. to realize that as people are sitting at home with their families, working their butt off, but then going, I think there's a moment that everyone's feeling a little bit like, what is this for? Yep. What is this work for? I could mm. have all the cash in the world, but a mm. flood, a war could just rip it away. What yep. the hell am I doing? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, for sure. What is this? Yeah, And I think that's the time where organizations have to speak to that hope narrative and really sort of cast that in a realistic sense but then in a pragmatic sense and bring along people for that journey mm-hmm. even if it's just a means to get through some of this and give a bit of meaning because it's so easy to throw the hands up and say it is meaningless and that's when mental health so many different factors get impacted for sure. um, at, a, at a huge level and that's where at a broad perspective in society, like work culture pays a big part because people spend a lot of their life working. And that's a real opportunity to to once again value add, but also like add as a culture, like and to the broad context, what are we going to do? How can we actually action that? And how does it sit in with our narrative as an organization? And where do we play with that? But speak to it. <laughs> Please speak to it. Yep. But without getting a ScoMo picture at the front of the floods. Yep. So it's an art. Yep. Yeah. No, well said. Yeah. Well said. Cool. Well, should we leave it there? What do you What do you reckon? I mean, I think where where to next from here is kind of you know to me there's it's really the structure. Like I think you know perhaps actually talking about how to build more hopeful narratives. I think is is important to to touch on in terms of kind of like there's some real skill in terms of kind of like how you anchor um, people in in what you're talking about in realism, but then actually paint a picture of kind of what what are those steps and how do you kind of you know have a big vision but kind of small kind of windows and ways ways to do that. So I think that would be worth unpacking like the actual practical mm. steps to kind of building a more hopeful 
hopeful narrative grounded in realism you know not the Walt Disney show so maybe that's what we do in the kind of um, the next episode alright sounds good yeah. alright cheers buddy thank you thanks thank you for listening to BAU Business as Unusual subscribe and learn more at baupod.co that's baupod.co